כי סבור אל הארץ, כי סבור אל הארץ כנען, אשר אני נוסעים לכם לאחוזה, ונוסעתי נגע צרס בבייס ארץ אחוזה אצלכם. ובא שלו הבייס והגיד לכהן לאמור, כנגע נראה לי בבייס. And thus begins one of the stranger parts of the Bible. Not that all of Leviticus isn't to some degree beyond our, our common experience. The cultic rites in the temple, the degrees of Tum'ah and Tarah, what is pure, what is impure. The entire book of Leviticus is full of things that are beyond our experience to some degree. Not because they are odd, but because there's no longer a temple, there's no longer the, te- the cult rite of sacrificial offerings. But in Mitzorah, the second of today's parshiot, it's a double parshiot this week, Tazrim Mitzorah, the word tzarat, the condition known as tzarat, leprosy, but it isn't really leprosy. It's a skin affliction of some kind that has been erroneously uh, defined as uh, as leprosy, we're not exactly sure what it is. But certainly that isn't odd. That there were lepers, that those who were afflicted is not particularly strange. But that the Torah would begin in this week's reading in the triennial cycle, Kitavo el Eretz Canaan, when you will come to the land of Canaan that I am giving to you as an inheritance, and I will give you, and there will be this skin affliction, this negat sarayat, it will not only afflict your skin, but it will afflict your homes. And if you have such an affliction, not on your body, but in your home, in the walls of your home, <clears throat> let the one who has that house Asher lo habayit, asher, the house that belongs to the right, the one who has seen this, v'higid la kohen, let him come and bring it to the kohen, bring it to the priest, and say to the priest, saying, so hear this again, uva asher lo habayit, and the one who has that home with that malady, let him come to the kohen, and listen to these words, everybody, v'higid la kohen, what does vihigid la kohen mean? And he shall, higid, hagada, he shall tell the kohen, lemor. What is lemor? To say. He will tell the kohen to say. The, the, the simple, uh, non literal interpretation would just say that this is what he's supposed to tell the kohen. This is the formula. Let him tell the kohen these words. Let him tell the Kohen Lemor, saying the next sentence, the next verse, which is what? We'll come back to this anomaly, okay, if you can hold this in your minds. I know that we just went through an hour of heart opening, and right now it might be like, okay, it's time for intellectual, but some of you might think, okay, don't go too quickly, I'm in that space. So hold it for a second, okay, we're going to come back to that, that anomaly of Vihigid Lemor. He shall say to say. But for now, let's focus on something simpler. Not two words, but one letter. He should say, Kenega nirali babayit. Kenega li, 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 li babayit. What is kenega? Nega is 
a affliction, the, the actual disease. What is the prefix chaf? Kinega. And we have a couple of rabbis, a couple of educators, a couple of Hebrew speakers. What is kinega near alibabites? Kinega, I've seen, uh, uh, what is it? Ke? Like. A likeness of. Kemo. It's sort of like this. A similitude. The letter chaf in Hebrew, when it's placed as a prefix before a word, it softens the the assertion. It softens the certainty. Kenega means, I think I saw this in my house. And this little chaf has bothered the commentators for the centuries. Rashi picks up on it, the great exegete. Rashi, Rav Shomel Yitzchaki, Kanega, even if you have been, have you gone to nega school and you're living in your house and you see a nega and you take out your magnifying glass and you have your nega certification on the wall, you're a Talmud Chacham, says Rashi. You know your stuff. Even if you know your stuff, says Rashi, the Torah is telling you to come to the Kohen and place it before the Kohen, the priest, with a certain opening. I'm not exactly sure. And based upon that, based upon that little diuk, that little rashi, even if you are, if you know it, you are to present it that way. The masters of Musar, ethical conduct say, Le'olam, the Gemara says, Le'olam yilmod adam et atzmo lomar eni yodea. A person should always teach themselves to say the words, I don't know. I'm not sure. Now, I'm not talking here about I don't know, the kind that Carol Gilligan in her wonderful work has written about, the kind of I don't know that often, more often than not, women, not men, but both, equally, not equally maybe, but women more than men probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, undermine your knowing, undermine their sense of certain, undermine the very thing that their gut says, I know. She did a whole study on, on various uh, women who came to her and would speak about their experience and constantly say after a moment of assertion, well, I don't know. I really, it's not a good job for me, I don't know. And constantly, I'm not talking about that. That is itself its own nega, its own malady in the homes of our culture that undermines the voices of women and others teaching them not to know what they really know. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the humility to leave room for mystery, especially in areas where we've devoted years and years of study, maybe our own selves. We talked last night in the shul about the blind man on the platform and how blind all of us are to some degree in our lives, in various degrees of blindness, whether it's because, by definition, we can't know everything. Or by definition, we are bound to project onto the world and not see it clearly. Or maybe because we have been gripped by the vice of apathy and cynicism, have lost our appetite and our courage to step into seeing things clearly. We still need kenega, that little chaf. You know, when I was reading this Torah, it reminded me of a Torah from the Ishbitzer Rebbe, of Mordechai Yosef Lehner of Ishbitz, who said, that the reason why God, and this is a crazy Torah, I'm going to teach it to some degree at the JCC this year during the Shavuot, but if you're not going to be there, this is the crux of it, okay? He says that when God begins the Ten Commandments, 
<clears throat> and says the words that we think are words of absolute radical self-knowing, self-certainty, anochi. First word of the Ten Commandments, I am. Anochi, that word anochi, A-N-O-C-H-I. Anochi means I am. Anochi Adonadecha. The Ishmael Rebbe says, aren't there other words that we more commonly use to say I am? How do you say I in Hebrew, everybody? If I want to say I, in Hebrew, ani. Ani, right? Right? You know ani. First person, ani. So why does God begin with anochi? What's the difference between anochi and ani? The chafadimyon. Right? The only difference between the letters in the word I of ani and anochi is that little, I take the letter man, I take the C off my chest, chaf off my chest, I make ani, certainty into anochi. That forever God was saying, if you think you know me, anochi. Not quite. There will always be something of me that you don't know and learn to say anochi. Who is like you? What is like you? Anochi. The Ishbitzer says that if God had said Ani, then we would always say, oh, I mean, we know people like this, right? I know God. People even write books called God had a conversation with them, right? Telling them what to do. That's wonderful. God speaks to all of us. I believe that. But you're never at the end of your knowing of God. Afilu tamid chacham. Afilu tamid chacham. So, well, there are three more interpretations for what that chaf could mean. I'm not going to go into them because I, I spent too much time already. Um, and maybe I'll talk about them today at the, at the uh, meditation for, for um, our shifty group. But that will bring us now back to the first problem. A different way of looking at a problem in the verses. Remember that little problem I left with you in the beginning with Vihigid la Kohen Lemur. And he will tell the priest to say. So in the way that we read it, which led to the Kaf Torah, it is he shall tell the priest saying, right? Saying, I sort of saw this, reminding us always to be humble. In the second reading, the person who has the malady isn't the one who says Kanega. It isn't the one who brings the problem to the priest that has the nega. The way that the Orachai Makadosh reads this is like this. Listen to this because I remember this Torah every year and every week. The person comes to the priest, Vihigid, and he says, Lemor, to the priest to say. He tells the priest to say this. And then the next line. He comes to the priest and says, I've seen a nega in my house. I've seen a malady. I have a problem in my house. And he tells the priest, he tells the priest, I have a nega. And then he tells him, Lemur, now you say, like what you showed me, I have in my house. He tells the Kohen, Lemur, now you Kohen, you priest, you say, because how many priests are there in the world when you're living in Israel, in Palestine? There were thousands of priests. 
And a priest has to wonder to himself, why did this guy knock on my door? Why was I so lucky or so called that he's knocking on my door today? It must be that, must be, that Kanega near Alibaba, maybe I have something in my house that's like that. When you're a, a therapist or a rabbi or a pastor, you know this so deeply, that often there's a theme in your life that you're going through, and you're working on it, and you can be working on it for five, ten minutes, a half hour, an hour, three hours, and then you have an appointment to meet with three people, and each one of them talks about your issue. And you're sitting there going, Kanega near Alibaba, but you don't say that. You're just sitting there, right? It's like, you know, Eliezer, you're like, I can't believe it. And you, you know, sit there, and you're active therapist and the rabbi, and you're thinking, wow, oh my gosh. Whatever advice I give you, I'm giving myself. Right? So the Torah in these three, two words and one letter, two words and one letter, the Torah is inviting us into a deep meditation on how we're blind and how we see. We see by having the humility to say, I don't know. I'm always gauging people's inner strength by their ability to, to say, you're right. That's always the litmus test for me. How quickly somebody says, oh, yeah, you're so right. And if they can't, then I know, even though they're showing me their strength, they're really weak. Any other day, I don't know. My father always, you know, when I would go to my dad's office, he had, he had uh, my dad was a big shot lawyer, still a big shot lawyer. And people came to him from all over the world. And he had a pencil on his desk that had two erasers, one on each side. And Simon had said, I'm making them all the time. Mistakes. Any other day, I don't know. And the second Torah that Torah is teaching us this morning is that part of knowing who you are will come from that which appears at your doorstep. That the ability to raise up what it is that is in front of you and say, hmm, there I am again. And to own that, not narcissistically, but in service of our own deeper knowing. Kanega near Ali Babait. It's me, 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 me too. And to be able to, 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 to harvest that, that's our yield, to harvest that. It's impossible for us not to grow if we adopt these two strategies. It's impossible. We'll be growing all the time. So I wanted to call forward for this first aliyah this morning. Anyone for whom either of those two or both of them, of those messages, are something that you're working with in your life, and you would like to be blessed by the Torah this morning. You don't need me to call you up. It's up to you. If you would like to stand with the Torah for the first aliyah, please grab a talit, the prayer shawl from the back, and please come forward.